Hello, this is Chris O'Regan, and you're listening to The Sausage Factory. episode 340 of The Sausage Factory. Welcome. In this episode I chat to Mike Tucker, Hank Nyborg of Bitmap Bureau about their arcade action-adventure game, Battle Axe. Cast your mind back 25 years ago or so, maybe 30 even, when a time when pixel sprite games were everywhere and polygons and texture maps and stuff were a thing of basically really high-end flight sims and silicon graphics engines and render farms. Yes, this is a time when the pixel was king. Well, Pink and Mike thought, well, we can go back there, can't we? Right? You can go back, you can still make games that look kind of like that, but you can, but then then you realise that actually they were a bit of a flickering mess. So let's sort of infuse the power and engines that we now have today and make the games that we thought we look they looked like then now. And this is a common thing. Dead Cells being an excellent example of a game that looks fantastic, but if you tried to make that game in 1992, the platforms of the time, it would be the Mega Drive, the SNES, and of course the Amiga, they would just basically go, no, I can't do this. But we don't live in those times, we live in the now. And Battle Axe is a game of the now. Trust me on this. Want to find out more? Well, listen on. Well, listen to me. From the past. Chris, take it away. Mike and Hank. Hello. Hello. Who are you? What do you do? Hank, there. Hank, go first. Yeah, sure. That's fine. We can do that. Hank and Mike. Hank and Mike. That works. Yeah, sure. I'm Hank Niebuch. I'm a pixel artist. Because that's uh, mainly what I've been doing for uh, the last 30 years as a profession. And uh, I started pixeling in uh, 1984 on the Commodore 64. And onto the Amiga. Then I started, started uh, my first game, um, Ghost Battle. And uh, from there on, 30 years later, I created um, Battle X together with Mike. Yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, it's been quite a ride these 30 years. <laughs> Yeah, we'll expand on that a bit more. But uh, Mike, what, what, yeah, what, sure. What, what, do, what do you do, sir? Apparently, um, so at the moment I'm a I'm a weird hybrid of game designer and programmer. Okay, uh, which I've been doing for some 
I don't know, must be 20 years now, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really enjoyed design. Uh, but yeah, I got into got into the industry as a tester, then went into level design and then sort of programming and design. And yeah, I've just stuck with it since. Um, so And yeah, I'm a director at Bitmap Bureau as well. So that's another responsibility I have. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's it really. I just generally make games and have a good time doing it. So, if uh, I mean, Hank, you sort of dabbled into yeah. it, your, your start, but yeah. if you could expand a little bit more. So, you started off doing pixel art for the C64, is that right? Yeah, ex- yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I started doing it for fun, actually, so because I discovered that you could do a bit more than just playing games back then in 1984. I think it was around 1984 when I uh, got my 64. Mm-hmm. But um, I started uh, playing around with Koala Painter, that was a tool that I used. Um, which had 16 colors and uh, was pixeling with my joystick and actually on a black and white television because I couldn't afford uh, <laughs> the well and color television. And uh, after that, well, it's, it's pretty much a different time, isn't it? And new game companies were around and it was my dream, of course, to get into, uh, well, game development. I already knew that I wanted to do that, but while well, getting in contact with, with those people, it was quite hard actually a little bit harder than this nowadays you just send a mail or go on twitter or on the internet or whatsoever you just had to uh, well send your demo uh by snail mail if you know what i mean and uh yeah yeah but anyway um yeah after that um when i got my amiga i uh of course i uh, continued pixeling and it was quite staggering near the well the the raise in resolution from the 64, so I pretty much was scared of that. But uh, well, no doubt in color by this time as well, not the same. Uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got I got myself a color monitor by then. Well, there you go, nicely done. <laughs> and was it was, yeah. was it Deluxe Paint or some other paint program? Yeah, yeah, it was most... Deluxe. De- yeah, I think yeah. I started with Deluxe Paint too, and nice. uh, t- nice. uh, three later with uh, because it had this um, half bright option, which I. Hated later on, but anyway, that's a different story. Mm. Sorry, I just wanted to mention. But, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we've just been scribbling around on on the screen and uh, just tried my luck with pixels again and uh, converted the sixty-four picture on the Amiga. And uh, was a couple of zombies because I really love the horror genre. Okay. And and um, well, that image actually became my first game when I met the pro- programmer of. Um, Line art and battle axe, uh, <laughs> ghost battle, I mean, <laughs> which are our first two games. Um, ghost battle, we made just well in between time when I, when I was still at school. Okay. And um, yeah, it took approximately a year, and we were able to sell it to Italian Software in Germany. And they, um, after that, they offered us a job to work on uh, some of the titles. So that's when. Uh, I got a really good professional, so to speak. Mm. So I saw him move to Germany together with Erwin. Uh, Erwin is a programmer, actually. Erwin Kloiphofer, he's from Austria. We just met in Holland just by coincidence. Right. So, uh, yeah. So um, it's quite it's quite a, a story like that, but hey, it's, it's also very long ago. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, mm, so uh, we got a job at Thalion because uh, the, they actually bought a game, yeah. our first game, and um, 
they also released it and uh, well, it didn't sell well, of course. But somehow they, well, the, the Eric Simo, that was the producer at uh, Tallinn, he recognized our talents. And I already did a um, sprite animation for for my next game, which was kind of a, of a hybrid between between a lion and and a human, and a couple of backgrounds because I got so much better after my first effort with sixteen colors and um, and all that stuff, and that became actually um, Lionheart for the Amiga. So that's what we did in Germany for for um, one and a half two years developing that game and um after that um we moved to uh, me and Avi, we moved to being freelancer again right and um and we go well we first contacted psychosis because we wanted to leave thallion and to just do something else and uh well we got in and instead of making another amiga game they offered us to do uh, a mega drive game which was still pretty late in uh I think it was around 93. It was pretty much the end of uh, the Mega Drive, I think. Yeah. And uh, so they, uh, so I made up um, a little game document on the way to Psygnosis in, in the train, actually. And, uh, well, we got signed because of that. It was kind of a crazy, <laughs> crazy time, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and in nine months, we created the Misadventures of Flink for the Sega Mega Drive, which was converted later to um, um, Amiga CD32. And um, after that, I made another game for Psygnosis together with Erwin. That was the Adventures of Lomax. It was they were all pixel driven, of course. Right. And by and by then, well, I think the quality has raised quite a bit in my um in my pixel yeah, I mean, quality. Yeah. You must have seen when the PlayStation arrived and they're like, yeah, what? I don't, Am yeah. I now going to be a texture artist now? Which I know is a very different yeah, skill. Yeah, exactly. Please, yeah, sorry, that's, sorry. That's, um, no. I don't want to insult you, but I know it's a very different skill. But what did you think when they arrived? I mean, most of us, lay, well, I say lay folk, but audience going, yay, look, textures that are warping everywhere. But yeah. what, what did you think? <laughs> yeah, that was, that was quite scary, to be mm. honest. So, well, well, the thing is, we still were able to do a 2D game, but Psygnos and Sony really wanted us to do some 3D stuff in it. So we just, well, built some 3D objects in there just for the sake of, uh, well, being there, if you know right. what I mean. Right, right. But uh, yeah, textures isn't, of course, not so much interesting as creating pixels in, t- in 2D and designing a whole game, of course. Mm. But um, yeah, that was pretty scary back then to uh, getting into 3D. And also, well, I didn't also didn't make that by then on my own, so I just stuck to 2D yeah. pixel art. Yeah. yeah, turns out you're right. But, but- <laughs> yeah, 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 so, yeah. That's a bit. Yeah, when you look, look, when you look back, it's crazy. And I thought, look well, at dead is... cells. For God's sake! Like, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a whole different thing. Again. It's also a little bit pre-rendered, but, uh, oh, but I still, know, I know. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but back in the day, I just oh my god, I have to do it in three D. And um, well, our next game after Lomax should have been in hybrid between three uh, D backgrounds and two D sprites. But um, by that time. Um, well, Sony Psychonauts ditched every third-party developer, so uh, that's uh, we were as well. That that was it actually. So we mm. went on our own again. So uh, it took me about one or two years to recover from that, but I made some money with Lomax, so I was all right. Okay, okay. That's but um, yeah, after that, um, I did 
a couple of different things. They did some web development for a while, for a year, and they got bought really quickly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, then, and then I got an ICQ message that, oh, ICQ, I don't know if people remember that. Yeah, but... yeah. Kids, kids, yeah. kids are yeah. parents, you know, but yeah, ICQ, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, from a very small company in the Netherlands, uh, they, uh, they were doing Game Boy Color games. And, oh, yeah. and I said, wait a minute, that's exactly what I want to do again. So I just yeah. jumped onto that, and uh, while well, I did a few titles for them. And I also started creating um, Game Boy version and Game Boy Advance version of uh, Harry Potter for that because um, uh, Eurocom in the UK were doing uh, pretty much uh, licensed games, a lot of licensing games. Um, yes, that's true. Back yeah. then, yeah. And uh, well, the director of that company, yeah, Matt Sneep, who was also a 64 artist, by the way, back in the day, well, he knew my work and he totally loved my work. And well, I was working in the Netherlands, and he thought he were, I was happy over there, and uh, he just gave gave them jobs because I was working there. You know, well, it sounds a little bit pompous, maybe, but mm-hmm. um, but uh, in the end, uh, I thought, oh, well, I want to look further, if you know what I mean. Right. And uh, he offered me a job in the UK, so um, and also learned three D three D graphics and stuff like that. Right. So I moved. So I moved to the UK yeah, to uh, to Derby in uh, 2001, and um, well, I stayed there for a couple of years till early 2005, and uh, worked on well AAA projects like uh, Harry Potter and Batman, and uh, and so on. Um, many movie licenses, and I learned a lot, of course. Met a lot of great people. Mm. But um, also back there, I had well, I was doing. I was used to doing all of it on my own, if you know what I mean. So I was running a little bit too fast for the rest of the uh, the em- employees, if you know what I mean. Right. So uh, because um, my level was quite high, even with 3D art. So, um, yeah, so I had to help myself back, and it wasn't really, well, it wasn't really in me, if you know what I mean. No, so it, was, it is like... It's a little bit... Yeah, I had to adjust to the team, which, which makes sense, of course, but... Um, mm. Yeah, but anyway, but I, had, uh, well, I learned a lot there. And uh, in beginning of 2005, I went back to the Netherlands again and um, started freelancing again. And, um, well, the mobile phones were getting a little more powerful by then. And yeah. pixeling, pixeling started all over again. And uh, the Game Boy Advance was also still quite quite hot. I think it was a Nintendo DS a little bit it's later. DS by then, I think. Yeah. 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 And, uh, well, I just... I just made my own website and uh, with my portfolio on it and just jobs kept on coming in. And uh, one of the first to actually hire me was Way Forward uh, from America for the Shantae series. Right. Oh, wow. Which, yeah. You know, yeah, which I made a couple of games for them and uh, also uh, Contra 4 and, uh, and Thor and a pretty pretty nice, yeah, pixel pixelized games. Hmm. And after that, I uh, worked for many other people, and also the indie um, development pretty much uh, came yeah. along, came Two, around. Two thousand seven yeah. was a big year, yeah. wasn't it, for everyone? No one yeah. saw it. Well, some people saw it coming, but they were the smart people. You know, yeah. when suddenly you had the iPhone and uh, you know, uh, Xbox Live Arcade, like there you go. But what's yeah, this? because uh, yeah. oh, sorry. It's, yeah, yeah, but it, yes. go on. Yeah, yeah, the. Um, the console development got a little bit thinner by then, so I pretty mm. much moved to uh, well PC-based indie developments, and that was a whole different thing, of course, because you had to deal with uh, well sometimes very nice people that didn't have a clue how to design a game, 
And uh, well, there are many projects that didn't see the day and light of day. So that was kind of frustrating. And also with payment and stuff like that, many problems because it was, well, most of the time kickstarted and by people that shouldn't launch a Kickstarter, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, but hey, but, but you also need to make money because I, well, I also had fun doing that stuff, of course. So I uh, just kept on doing that. But uh, let's see, where, where am I right now? But then in 2017, um, Mike and Matt asked me to join um, their team to uh, develop um, develop the art for um, Xenocrisis. Okay. And, yeah. and from there on, uh, well, we, we found out we were a perfect team. We just ran, well, what did you do? <laughs> just perfect. Well, perfect. Don't know, about, don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Pretty but, good. Pretty yeah, good. <laughs> yeah. We just, we, just, we just understand each other really well because uh, well, Mike also really understands what it, about retro gaming and all this stuff. And the yeah, game ideas in general, most of the time we just have the same ideas. It's just, mm. <laughs> almost almost magical uh, in in a way and um, yeah, we're, we're both old guys really aren't we just yeah well yeah we're old games. Talk about that. There's, there's an aspect of the of battle act which i i just find fascinating but i'm not going to yeah. keep my powder dry but I, I get the impression that there's a symbiosis of ideas going on there but uh yeah okay yeah, the, thing, the, thing, the thing is the thing is with battle acts so well i always wanted to do a top view game because uh Throughout the years, I made so many jump and run side scrolling games, uh-huh. and then, oh, let's do something else. You know, you don't of get course, many of those these days, do you? No, I'm kidding. No, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, well, Metroid, well, Metroidvania, yeah, Metroidvania. <laughs> I can't hear the word anymore. And then I always pipe up, yeah, but there's Hollow Knight. Don't you Uh, start. (laughs) Contravania, let's stick to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, but um, okay. Yeah, so I so I started designing some some yeah the first background for for battle axe just for fun actually. So playing with palettes and structures and just well making a perfect pixel art composition. Mm. So because I've I've learned quite a bit uh, throughout the year so um, i think i'm still improving even after all those years that's that's the key with yeah people, yeah you know, the, the 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 maestros are the ones to admit yeah. that they've got to improve at all times yeah. so yeah yeah especially with colors and, and composition and structures yeah. it's just so much better than in, in the low max days that that's playstation days 96 I'm, I'm referencing to low max because while um battle axe is pretty much my baby, if not what I mean, because, because uh, well, I pretty much um, came up with the game idea. Mm. And um, Lomax was also one of the last games where I did almost all by myself, um, like uh, like the design and um, and a pixel art, of course. Mm. But I have to have to say that that Mike did a lot of level design with my tile set so that's it <laughs> which was a bit, which was a crazy job by the way it's just yeah very yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been a very hard job just puzzling together my uh tile sets yeah yeah i think uh, i think only hank truly understands his tile sets about yeah. It. Yeah. It, took, it, took, yeah. it took me um took me weeks to get my head around what goes where and what connected but uh, yeah i recently but, um, speaking of tile sets i recently found out didn't know this but the PC couldn't do that back in the early days. DOS PCs couldn't do sliding. No, they, they couldn't do it. Weren't um, really set up for scrolling and sprites. No, they had to, uh, but yeah. then John Carmack came up with some weird tiling mechanism. 
yeah. Know, well, if anyone was going to do it, it was going to be him. John Carmack, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah. yeah. And he made Commander Keen, and he, you know, they yep. made a killing from it. I, well, they, I they made a, I think they made a clone of. Well, they Mario. basically made Mario Mario three, didn't they? Yeah, initially, did, did. and Nintendo, Nintendo went yeah. went happy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the nineties was also really based on tile maps and, and sprites yeah, and yeah, stuff like the, that. The and then, well, for, for the PC, you had to write your own engine for that. Yeah, yeah. It's a very yeah. powerful machine, very very expensive yeah. machine, very powerful. Yeah. But oh yeah, couldn't do it. And I was thinking, wait. Anyway, Mike, can we want to give you a little bit of a potty potty history before we uh, move on to yeah. the infamous third question, which everyone hates? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um... <laughs> Right, so when I was 19, I got a uh, position as a games tester at uh, SCI, oh, uh, who wow. were Sales Curve Interactive, mm-hmm. uh, previously Storm. Um, and yeah, it was an uh, interesting experience. I thought, thought it'd be a dream job, but actually I nearly quit within the first week because I found that playing the same game for eight hours a day, uh, you know, five, six, seven days a week actually wasn't much fun at all. So um but yeah, I stuck with it, luckily, and uh, eventually we tested a game called Carmageddon, uh, yeah, made by Spain. Little, little known game. Yeah, yeah, yeah that very infamous game. But uh, mm. actually, that turned out to be a lot of fun, and we were playing at eight, I think, seven or eight player network. Um, and yeah, that just made the job a lot more, a lot more interesting, of course. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, luckily, um, some of the people. Uh, on the upper floors, they realised that I, I was I was quite keen on game design, and I guess I knew my stuff. So um, they gave me the chance to make some levels for a game called Swiv 3D, which was the the 3D follow up to Swiv, but and Swiv was a sort of follow up to Silkworm, an unofficial follow up really, because I guess they didn't get the license from Jalico. Uh, but yeah, they gave me a test a taste of creating levels uh, for a game, yeah, which I really enjoyed. Uh, But I was also making levels for Descent as well, which I'm a huge fan of. And, um, yeah, uh, so SCI did very well after after Carmageddon, but I think they then struggled a bit, and uh, they ended up closing the Southampton studio. So I moved to London, uh, probably tested down there for about a year or so, testing Carmageddon 2 in particular. Uh, but eventually, I got headhunted by some of the some of my ex colleagues from the Southampton studio, who made a, uh, a studio in Eastleigh called IO Productions, and they were, they were making a very bizarre sheep herding game called Stampede, which uh, Infogrames had picked up. Um, so we worked on that for about a year or two. Uh, there was a Dreamcast version development, but that uh, actually got cancelled in the end when it was about. Probably about ninety percent complete, I'd say. Uh, so that was a shame. But um, yeah, it wasn't looking too good at that point. But our, the directors of the company opted to go into mobile phone game development, and uh, yeah, so we were making some of the very first games for like the black and white Nokia phones. Really primitive stuff, you know. You couldn't even so do a, not a snake. Ba- <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we didn't do the. We didn't do the original Snake, but we well, no. we did. I think we did Snake EX, you know, there like you the, probably a color version. Um, but yeah, we did did a version of Noughts and Crosses. We did uh, we did a, it was a very simple turn based golf game, um, and yeah, lo- loads of just 
mostly puzzle games, of course, because that's what works on mobile back then. Uh, but yeah, that we did very well, and we were probably the top mobile studio in Europe at one point. Um, we had five games in the top ten, I think. Uh, yeah, we, we were working with EA and Disney, uh, IDOS. So yeah, it was the games weren't great, but. Uh, I was able to um, program some of those games and get involved with the design. Uh, so, yeah, did that did that for a few years. Then the company got bought out. Uh, then it soon after collapsed. <laughs> um, and, yeah, eventually I'd move into Flash game development. Uh, I started a studio called Megadev, and we were making uh, puzzle games, arcade games, all sorts, really, just stuff that works well with a mouse or just a few keys. Right. Um, and yeah, got working for Adult Swim, which was cool. Um, oh, they picked yeah. up, a lo- yeah, they picked up a load of our games. Uh, the most famous one was uh, Super House of Dead Ninjas, which ended up being their first ever Steam game. So uh, that was a real honour to be able to do that. Um, yeah, we the game was a big success, but we didn't didn't really make a lot of money out of it. We were a bit naive. Yeah, we didn't negotiate a good contract or any kind of revenue share. I think we were just happy to be making a Steam game and getting paid for it. But um, mm. yeah, looking back, we could have uh, probably squeezed a few pounds out of them, but it doesn't matter. You know, I'm, I'm still making games, so I'm, I'm happy. Um, yeah, so we did a few years of Flash games uh, with some of my friends and did pretty well, but the money was very up and down. Um, and then eventually I teamed up with Matt Cope uh, and we formed Bitmap Bureau. And uh, initially, we were doing Steam, well, Steam, PlayStation, Switch, and Xbox games. Um, and now we've we're still doing that, of course, but we've moved our focus onto retro platforms, um, such as the Mega Drive and Neo Geo and Dreamcast. Yeah, I um, recently uh, modded my Mega Drive, so completely oh, yeah. regions now. But uh, Very, oh, it's got to be done. Yeah, yeah it's really hard. <laughs> Okay, I'm not not it's just one, it's just one wire, isn't it? it? No, I did it. I did a thing. I got it. No, I, I went nuts. I, I know. I did right. I did. It's fine, but I have it so my controller can change the region between all three regions and stuff. It's, oh, your controller? Yeah. What's that? Right. <laughs> so you press you press the press the reset button and the and the button the LED in the middle changes color depending on what region it is. It's great. No, but it's just yeah. It needs circuit Very boards and lots and lots of wires and oh god and oh, okay. yeah. No it's wonder. Just, no, it's, it's 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 a big oh my god. Yeah, you need to know. <laughs> it works. Do, yeah, it works fantastically. But you need to know what you're doing <laughs> with, with with soldering iron and and you need to get a scalpel knife out and cut traces and oh boy. Oh, right. <laughs> it's not uh, got a fan of heart, but uh, I did it with my spare Mega Drive as well. My my main one's still on my. Uh, Mega CD and 32X slammed on the top of it, so it's the tower. How, how many? How many Dreamcasts did you sacrifice? No, no Dreamcast. <laughs> no, no, it's just the Dream. It was oh. Mega Drive. Yeah. So I was, oh, Mega Drive. All right. Yeah. No. I haven't touched my Dreamcast. I'm too scared of it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm not touching that. It's still. <laughs> yeah, it's a. I, I think up to Mega Drive and big and less, I can actually fiddle with. But anything uh, younger than that, I get scared because the uh, circuit boards and stuff get very, very, very dense. And very scary. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's like, I'm not touching those. <laughs> yeah, all the surface mounted components so, yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. And it gets uh, really scary. Boring. Yeah. I mean, I can recap yeah. an Amiga, but I'm not going to touch a PlayStation. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then bring it, that's bringing us all up right up to date. So, what an extraordinary environment you've both grown into and found yourself and going, 
full circle in some regards, but also seeing yeah. exploiting what I find fascinating. It's one of the reasons this podcast exists, is to talk about game design in the last 30, 40 years, maybe the last 10, 15 years, that has advanced mm. in many regards that no one would see like, oh, yeah, that's that's a soft thing that no one thought was important. Turns out to be really important. Um, and, uh, yeah, we might delve into that later on in the show. But um, Okay. Third question, the infamous third right. question. Brace yourselves. <laughs> Go for uh, it. You can answer this personally or as the, as, a, as the studio, I don't mind. What do you believe are your biggest influences as creators? Go on, Hank. <laughs> yeah. Well, pretty probably, much started Cap, back. Cap, in... Probably Capcom, right? <laughs> <laughs> Capcom yeah, and Konami. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> yeah, well, to be honest, from an artistic point of view, I well, pretty much goes back to, um, well, real artists, if you know I me, mean, traditional artists, mm -hmm. just like uh, Rodney Matthews from the UK. He was a huge inspiration for me in, in terms of uh, well, structures and all that, the, the great stuff he's doing. And Michael Whelan, Hildebrand, Hildebrand uh, Brothers, and uh, also a little bit of Boris Vallejo. I bought all the art books uh, back in the day, so I uh, still got them. And it's just highly inspirational. But nowadays, you can just go on, well, art station and gaze at all the wonderful work um, of so many artists out there. It's so inspirational. It's just incredible. But that's that's just from a, um, from a visual point of view. Or from a gaming point of view, I'm just head back to the 90s again because the 90s was the best era of well video games i think at least for me personally mm -hmm. and i'm talking about konami and, and capcom and sega in the, in the 90s they invented game genres and especially the 16-bit era uh the arcade uh, arcade section from capcom and it's also well it's also obvious when you look at battle x again so it's pretty much a love letter to that time in a way it is but not yeah. fully in a good way no yeah, in, yeah exactly because yeah do you want to see you know ghosts and goblins oh that's 1980s but you know what i mean um, no oh yeah i would yeah. love to see that it's yeah, a beautiful game but it just kicks you in the nuts over and over and over yeah great isn't it <laughs> <laughs> that's how game, that's how game should be yeah. Uh, yeah. i think ghouls and ghosts is very much a memory test isn't it yeah it once you play it once you played it like, enough you yeah. know where things yeah. are going to appear and it gets exactly. easier but yeah when you're throwing money in the machines back then it yeah that's, yeah it, that's felt a bit, it felt a bit harsh yeah and yeah but when you play a game like rick dangerous for example you're like why are you like this oh it's horrible <laughs> yeah when you when you've got no chance of no, avoiding like, what's you know, coming up yeah, yeah. it's oh, yeah, not, not a nice pixel perfect moves a leap of faith it was yeah oh look like how yeah. did i know there's that spike was there well you know now yeah yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. Try again. Yeah, to go try yeah. again, knowing yeah. that those spikes are there. You've got to remember yeah, yeah. now. How and is this fun? The, <laughs> back in the days, we didn't mind. We just we had another go, if you know what I mean. When I was mm. a kid, I didn't mind. It just the, the games yeah, were so hard back then. When you look at early 80s games, just well, for instance, Konami's um, Tutankhamun. Tutankham. That, that's oh, a yeah. game. That's so hard. It's incredible. Yeah. It's also a, a quarter muncher, of course, but just keep on going for some just, reason yeah, because this because, had, because you want to see the end yeah also he's probably spent <laughs> yeah. you know a lot of money getting it oh yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. Just, it's it. you just got to plug away uh i still remember there were some games on the intellivision i plugged away like why but anyway <laughs> um i'm that old sorry anyway <laughs> um but it's just the earlier memories of like why are you still playing shark shark well <laughs> anyway um so 
what about you, Mike? What's the things that sort of go and peak your like get your juices flowing as to why you do what you do? Um, yeah, much like Hank, really. I think the eighties and nineties for me were um, uh, such a great period for video games, and yeah, I can't. I kind of stopped playing games after around two thousand. <laughs> um, I don't know if that was because of my job or you know I just lost interest, but but I still go back to. You know, I still uncover gems, I think, from the 80s and 90s that I wasn't able to, to play back then, uh, particularly on the Famicom, for example. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, that period of time, yeah, people like Konami, Capcom, Plan, Sega, Namco, Nintendo, they're all on their game. And Treasure? Um, <laughs> sorry? Treasure. treasure. Um, yeah. I'm not mad about treasure, but yeah, yeah, I can appreciate that stuff. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, yeah you can uh, see uh, treasure was inspired by a lot of that arcade uh, heroes. Yeah, actually, I was just thinking then, Gunstar Heroes and stuff yeah. like that. That was pretty. Well, they're cool. they're ex Konami, aren't they? I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Also. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah it certainly tells. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I don't. Know, for me, games from that period, many of those games just haven't been beaten, uh, such as. Super Metroid, Castlevania, uh, Symphony of the Night, if you want to talk about uh, you know, Metroidvanias, or if you're talking about beat-em-ups, then Street Fighter 2. Or, uh, I still Super got Street- my um, PlayStation copy of Symphony of the Night. Still like uh-huh. Oh, that's worth big money, man. I know, still in the box and everything. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm not keep selling it. that. <laughs> it's like three hundred quid now, isn't it? Something like that. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, I used to I used to go to CEX when the uh, the, the staff went to clued up on, oh, on on eBay prices, and I I buy Castlevania for yeah multiple <laughs> copies. I buy them ten pound a go, yeah. and then sell and sell them for seventy pounds, thinking, wow, you know, I'm doing really well here. But <laughs> if, I, if yeah. I'd uh, if I'd held on them onto them for another ten years, I could have been quite rich. But yeah. Never yeah, mind. Yeah. Yeah, you would have. Yeah, exactly. That's it's crazy nowadays. These prices yeah, and yeah. collector values and mm. a little bit frustrating because I just want to play them. <laughs> the yeah, original. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's not sealed or anything. It's not. I haven't slabbed yeah. it as they call it. I don't know if you know this. Yeah, people. play it. In, yeah. They they put this in his perspex cover and you can't open it. Why? Oh no, no, no. So I do, I do own it, but I just can't stress this enough. I do play on it on my original <laughs> PlayStation grape slab thing. Yeah. <laughs> Because I like the grey slab. I mean, I've got this PlayStation One, the white sort of like bubbly one, but it's all right. But it's not as good as the original. No, I mean that machine re- really set the standard, didn't it? It yeah. was such a jump from the sixteen-bit machines. Yeah, seeing Ridge Racer and Tekken at home, um, and yeah, with nice FMV sequences as well and CD music. It was yeah, it was just it really felt like the start of a new era and. For me, yeah. it's, probably, it's probably the most rounded machine, I think, for 2D and 3D. Yeah, it was, um, because the Saturn didn't really embrace as much. And, of course, the N64. Oh, well, oh, yeah, oh. Well, that, was a, that was a thing, wasn't it, with the four kilobytes <laughs> for textures. Four kilobytes! Why are they all blurry? Because they they have no memory, anyway. Yeah, ridiculous. they needed to go CD at that point. But, yeah. oh, I don't know, it was still right. a very successful machine. And it was. There, were, there, there was some great games on it, um, yes. but... Yeah, I, I can't. I can't play on that machine anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, just it's a, it's a great sort of like source material there. But the, the follows on from my next to my next question, which is kind of like I think you answered this already. But uh, to the both of you, what developer do you most admire in the industry and why? 
Go on, Hank. Well, if, yeah, I'm thinking if that if I have to pick one. Yeah. Well, it's it's going to be Capcom. There and, you go. And, and mm. back to back to the nineties again. Well, I mean, Super Ghosts and Goblins, Super Ghouls and Ghosts, Area eighty eight, and and all these. They just made a Brawl Zelda game, didn't they? They made Minish Cap, I think. Or am I wrong? Uh, four, four Swords, I think it was. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, same for me. I'd, I'd say Capcom as well. Uh, mm. If you look at, for, well, for Street Fighter, well, Street Fighter 2 and Resident Evil, uh, which is yeah, yeah, well, an amazing franchise. Yeah, back in the day, it was a technical tour of the forces, isn't it? I mean, I still remember a place of, uh, I mean... Um... Street Fighter 2, when I saw the floor moving in a 3D fashion, I just couldn't believe it when I saw <laughs> that for the first time. And uh, that was really advanced stuff back in the day. Yeah. I but mean, uh, but also, also in terms of design and, and sound, it was mm. just perfect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was something else, wasn't it, really? Street yeah. Fighter, it was a phenomenon. And, mm. Uh, mm. and no one's... Re- SNK got pretty close with King of Fighters. Yeah. yeah. But really, you know, Super Turbo is, is just timeless and the Alpha series and Street Fighter 3. Yeah, but Capcom six. invented the genre. Also, also, when you look at Final Fight, it's the belt scrolling beat em up. It's mm. just they invented it. And it's, I, yeah. don't think that, I don't think there's a better one yet than Final Fight, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. The, the only ones that really compete are other Capcom games, which yeah. tells you how, how good they were. But, I, I did uh, yeah. like 4 and, and I, you know, because it kind of reinvented the genre and re brought it back. And it's lovely to see 4. Mm. Uh, but it's a, it's a quite a different game though. It's, it's wrong to, to yeah. It, to... it didn't do much for me. I, I don't know. It just um, I quite liked EX, but um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I, I don't. At that point, knowing how many thousands of hours I had to put in Street Fighter to get any yeah. good, you know, I, I just yeah. didn't want to. <laughs> yeah. When I played four, it felt like a totally new game, and I yeah. I just didn't want to invest that sort yeah. of time <laughs> in a game. At that point. Go, I just I just carry on button mashing on Soul Calibur. I'll be fine. <laughs> so, Soul Calibur 2 Soul, Soul Calibur 2 is an awesome game it is absolutely awesome it, all you had yeah. to do is like well I say all you had to do I'll never forget playing with a friend and I started and he sort of like raised an attack and then I sidestepped and he goes what are you doing so, <laughs> moving out of the way I, I think Capcom was also the right choice isn't it I mean if yeah, you yeah. Well, well just not the 80s and 90s but when you look at now it is Konami is just pretty much disappeared isn't it and well yeah I, 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 Capcom mm. was doing so well with amazing titles on so Devil May Cry series and um, the, the new Mox, uh, Village Mox Resident Hunter, isn't it? yeah Resident Evil the new one it's just top notch mm. absolutely yeah, yeah. And yeah they, made, they, they made that transition from, well they yeah. had some obviously have some pains yeah, making that transition from 2D to 3D. Yeah. Um, yeah. It sort of saddens me a bit that they've just ditched 2D altogether. But um, yeah, we're, we're kind of, I guess we're well, picking up, we're, pick, we're kind of picking up where they left off. <laughs> they can give us a couple of licenses. We'll, we'll manage. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah I think they're, they're, yeah. Busy, they're busy with certain Resident Evil game, aren't they? And, and stuff. But uh, oh, yeah. yeah, very busy. Yeah. yeah. But uh, they did steal Battalion as well, given that. I'm streaming that at the moment, so that's fun. Oh, uh, tech is that techie? No, Steel Battalion is the, where the big um, you're driving a big robot with a massive controller the size of a small child. Yeah, oh, I think it's called called Techie in Japan. Yeah, it, is, it is called Techie yeah. in Japan. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, is, right. is, is still a thing, or was it the first Xbox, or was it? Yeah, it's the Xbox, original yeah. Xbox. Yeah, game, yeah, it's 20 yeah. years old now. Don't, All right. Don't think about it. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, yeah. All right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, still, still an awesome game. But tough as nails. Of course it is. It's Capcom. Anyway, um, 
So, last question of the first half. See? See, look, you made it. Well done. <laughs> We're still here. You're still here. Um, and this is a question I have to ask because it's a video game podcast, therefore, oh, legally yeah. obliged to ask. What are you playing right now? I'm playing Returnal on the PS5. Amazing. Nice. Amazing rogue shooter, amazing. Well, Housemark in it, so big thumbs up. Yeah, you know, I, come I absolutely, on. Lo- yeah, I absolutely love Housemark and the and the stuff they did. Also, very retro influenced all the titles, mm. especially Next Machina. It's just a top few oh, twin shooter. It's just, just it, so good, amazing. But it didn't sell well. I heard. I just Shocking, can't believe that I stuff. Bought it immediately. Yeah. I was horrified but to hear that. I, I really really hope that they're doing so well with Returnal because it's a fantastic game and it's also it doesn't have a save feature and you go right back to the beginning that's right that's in that game be. yeah <laughs> I, think exactly. they've, I think they've patched it in now because of the outcry mm. just what are you doing what are you doing it's a roguelike what are you doing yeah yeah <laughs> I think it's a brilliant game we still need some fixing here and there, but it's it's close to being brilliant. I can't believe yeah. they made it. They still got their spirit yeah. in that game. That's what I love about yeah. it. It's still yeah, yeah, especially the, the bullet hell part is that's they implemented that so well. Mm. It just, just just makes me feel nice if I play that. Yeah, just, I mean, just yeah. to do a bullet hell genre. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean I was, uh, um, I I've recently sort of rediscovered my affection for lefty righty shooters. You know, like Gradius Five and stuff like that. All right, and, all right, yeah. uh, I. At the time, I didn't really understand it uh, because I was, was playing Splendid Isolation. You know, whereas now it's a vast community of these games. You know, they've, they've got its own. You know, and uh, I've just found out about you know formations and uh, you know picking up options and you, you shouldn't pick up all your options and, and yeah. it's just wonderful stuff. And it's just like locking your ship in and predicting where the boat bullets are going to float around you is a beautiful moment. Because it's exactly, like yeah. they can't hit you here. Yeah? Just this little, yeah. little spot, just here, just yeah. at this time, you are invincible, and it's just a very, very powerful feeling. So to see that in um, Returnal is quite, quite gratifying. Yeah, it's also appreciating the uh, the kind of old school retro mm. style of game design. Yeah, if you know what I mean. And that's also what we wanted to achieve with um, Battle X, and I'm really happy that a lot of reviewers. Got it. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Mm. <laughs> just, they understood it, what we were trying to make. Oh, yeah. yeah. Know yeah. where you are and know what, what's going to happen to you. Uh, we'll talking about that <laughs> in the second half. Um, All right. Mike, what's, what's distracting you at the moment? <laughs> um, football. <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, it's probably not the right answer, but um, no. It's, healthy, I've, I've it's healthier. Were you, were you playing FIFA or something or? Oh no, no! I mean, real football. I understand. Um, yes, I just want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, obviously, I've, uh, with lockdown, everything, I've not been able to no. uh, play play football for some time. And uh, mm. yeah, for me, it's. <laughs> I know I should be talking about video games, but yeah, I, I you gotta still... be. You gotta be playing something, Mike. I mean, no, I, re- I really, really don't. I, occasionally, I play stuff with my daughter, and I, I've actually bought an old uh, IBM. It's a four eight six IBM <laughs> PC. Um, and that's set up in the living room. And yeah, I've been playing stuff with my daughter, like uh, "Where in the World Is Carmen San Diego," which is really fun. Actually, we just love playing that. Nice. Um, <laughs> what else do we play? Uh, the Incredible Machine, which is just a real oh, silly. Yes, I know that real, one. Real silly puzzle game. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. The, again, there's there's so many titles that I missed from yeah back uh, yeah back then and. Uh, it's, it's nice to go back and, and, and just discover that you know games such as those that I mm. I didn't play at the time. 
Um, and to be able to do that, my daughter's great. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, I don't have anything more modern than a PS2 at home. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Serious. Okay. I was about um, to say, what? Not even threes? And there's a pause, and like, it's only a game, nah. is it? No, it's not. <laughs> no, it I is. gave my PlayStation three to my brother. I think I bought. No, no, three is the game. It's the game on oh, your, your iPhone. Oh, we'll see. Oh, yeah. freeze. freeze. Oh, no, I yeah. no, no, I don't play any mobile games. No, no I stopped doing that as well, man. But, uh, that's fine. That's fine. No, that's good. No, it's, yeah. yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. It's fine. It's good. Anyway, <laughs> let's, let's move on to part two of the show where we okay. talk about Battle to our beloved what is Battle Axe? Now I could have a go but I'd like to have my guests attempt <laughs> to describe in their own words what exactly is Battle Axe? Either All right. Yeah. Go on Hank. <laughs> sure game. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah I, already <laughs> met, I already mentioned it before and Battle Axe is pretty much um, you can call it a love letter to the um, 80s, 90s arcade game genre. Back in the days, went um, with Konami, uh, the, the gems that Konami and um, that Capcom and Sega created back in the day. But talking about Battle Axe, it's um, it's pretty much a mix about uh, between Godlet and um, and other hack and slash games, top few games. And uh... <laughs> oh, help me here, Mike. <laughs> okay, yeah, so it's a. Uh... A top-down, eight-way yeah. scrolling, fantasy-themed hack and slash game. Uh, but yeah, you've got the projectile combat of Gauntlet, but you can also use melee attacks and special attacks, uh, much like Golden Axe, for example. Um, and yeah, it's um, it's a pretty tough um, arcade kind of title. <laughs> yeah, just it does what it says on the tin, really. Yeah, um, it is not Diablo. Okay, that's a very, very different game. Yeah. Yes. Uh, in, in its own space, and rightly so, and it spawned many others, as we know. Um, Dark Alliance was fun on the PS2. Anyway, but it's not mm. that. It's more... It's very sort of closely tied to Gauntlet. It's also a bit of Chaos Engine going on in there as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and probably zom- Zombies Ate My Neighbours, throw yeah. a bit of that in there. Yeah, yeah. But... Um, um, prob- Probably Mercs as well, actually, weirdly. But, um... yeah, 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 in a way it is, maybe because of, well, the, the size of the art, actually. Mm. You know what I mean? When you look at uh, at Gauntlet, it's quite small and maze-like. And, oh, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Battle Axe is pretty much zoomed in a bit, a bit more, but also oh, to focus more, focus more on the combat. For good mm. reason. For good yeah. reason. And oh, also, uh, one of the main reasons is also that I also like to 
draw a lot of detail in my characters and my backgrounds and maybe that's also one of the reasons that's mm -hmm. why the the angle and uh, the camera is that close yeah well, and i hope it turned out well <laughs> yeah oh well certainly first design question here we go all right there is a paucity of information provided in battle axe was the original design based on the concept of player discovery so it's a bit technical phrase. Do you sorry, forgive me for so maybe to listeners, and what I'm trying to say here is that not a lot is explained from the outset. They just go off you off your pop, figure it out. Yeah. I mean it's a, tr a traditional arcade game and we don't want to bog the player down with, you know, pages of story text. Um and yeah, there's a shop in there where you can buy a few items, but hopefully they're fairly self explanatory. Um Eventually, recently at yeah. Yeah, yeah, we've recently added some text which uh, explains exactly what, e what each item is. But um, yeah, it's very much a traditional arcade game, really, where, yeah, not much needs explaining, really. Um, and yeah, yeah, just it's, leave the players to their own devices. Yeah, it's a typical thing, isn't it? I mean, an evil sorcery felt there to just, uh, well. It's not so much the story, but it's important. It's more yeah, about it's... how you interact with the, the world, you know, the fact you've got different attacks and stuff. It's just yeah, like, it's... yeah, off you go. That's um, pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you don't explain that at all. Just like, go on, just you know how to move, don't you? Use the left stick. Off you go. Well, why, why was that? Was that like a, a, a conscious decision just to, not to to spoon feed the player and just say, well, let them figure it out. They learn by their mistakes. Is that is that how you did it? Yeah, I'm. I'm really not a fan of in-game tutorials or right or you know tutorial levels or you know this button does that and it's you've got a controls page um and yeah when you buy the game there's a, a description of what's going on but yeah and also when you, yeah. when you when you look at the reviews the people are doing quite well and it's really based on really old school design yeah it's not, a, it's, not it's not a twin stick shooter and people really well get it automatically it's like a natural thing because as well it's it's been done before, of course, but uh, yeah. I just, just find it, yeah, because I mean, compare this to, like, for example, Cuphead, which has an extensive tutorial section. It goes on for right. quite some time. And all like, right. okay, all right, I mean, you're very pretty, but can we get to the game now? No, 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 seriously, you need to know how to jump, then triple jump, then jump just at the right moment, then do a slam yeah. sort of attack, then do another jump. You need to know how to do that. Yeah, and tutorial, the numbers, number of moves and, and, Combos can just destroy a game. Yeah. We just learn it by yourself and then you know, we have fun with, with bashing the enemies and stuff like that and learn on the way. And and the thing with Battle actually just getting all the features at from the beginning of the game. A little bit like treasure actually. Mm -hmm. Getting all the weapons and abilities you have, you can just well make them a little bit more powerful. Yeah. Throughout the game. Yeah. yeah. So you, well, I thought it was a pretty good decision actually it's, it's very Absolutely. treasure like yeah yeah i'm not critically pleased it's just an observation all of these questions are based on observations so so each character is three characters we haven't mentioned yeah. that but there are three characters all very distinct and yeah. it does offer the player to ad adapt uh, to different or adopt i should say different approaches um when making their way through the levels depending on what character they're playing and it's quite a different game, almost. It's almost got three games in one because they're they're very different. The one's yeah. very melee based, another one's kind of ranged. Exactly. And so, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, can actually mash. But another one's completely ranged and don't don't unless although he does, he's pretty lethal with his beard. 
I mean, beard attacks are a thing that should should uh, be a main staple for most games, in my opinion. But there it is. Um, how have you found designing the enemies and the environments to ensure that the experience for each character and as the play, for the player is? I can use this word very delicately because I think it's doing a lot of heavy lifting. Ultimately fair. <laughs> Well, I don't think it's... You're never going to get a game that's perfectly balanced. I mean, no. if you if you look at any Capcom game, like even Street Fighter 2, for example, you know, there's uh, you have tiers of characters, of course. And, uh, yeah, so I don't mind if characters have an advantage in some situations where others don't. Uh, as long as it more or less balances out and each character has a good stab at... Uh, yeah, be able to finish the game. I think that's enough to ask, really. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I think you can spend hours and weeks, you know, just tweaking things and trying to make everything perfectly even and yeah. perfectly matched. But uh, I don't know. Um, I think you can go too far with that. And o- over time, you know, players develop their own strategies, which even the developers don't think of. Um, and I'm sure that was the case in Street Fighter Two as well. You know, and yeah, if, if players discover some little exploit or some cool technique in Battle Axe, then that's great. That's that's what that's what I like to see. Um, even if we look at you know Ninja Guide and you know people are still coming up with crazy strategies to beat the uh, you know the speedrun world record on that, and that's yeah. you know thirty years ago now. So uh, so yeah um, yeah, as long as you don't have a character that's way underpowered and just has no chance, you know, you want to avoid that, of course, but. I think we've got a pretty good balance in Bathworks. Yeah, I think the game is fun to play with all characters, actually. It just oh, yeah. Depend, yeah, yeah. It depends on how you want to, want to approach it. If you want to be really fast, then you need to take Faye, of course, uh, mm. the elf, because she's yeah. really good with melee attacks. And um, it was a funny thing, actually, when designing uh, the characters. So one of the first characters I designed was uh, Rooney the Marauder, the red-bearded uh, big guy, because it just was a fun character to look at and with his cannon on his shoulder. But... In terms of gameplay, Faye is yeah, a little bit more satisfying to play with, if you know. Yeah, and, you she know, does and that play spinning yeah. attack as well. It's just like yeah. you're surrounded we, all of a sudden yeah. black and we, everything's dead. <laughs> and, we fa- and we found that out during development, of course, but by testing. And it was one of my least favorite characters to draw, actually, for some reason. Because <laughs> it was just it was kind of generic, if you know what I mean. And, yeah, um, you do and, Billowing and cloak around it, yeah. You? So it's like, yeah, and, and it's and it's one of the characters that doesn't have a, a proper face like the other two because it didn't fit her. Mm. But uh, well, in the end, she's the most fun to play with. At least that's what I think right now. But yeah. when you take the other two characters, they also have their uh, advantages, of course, but, uh, with pro- pro- projectiles and uh, and yeah. uh, the the extra move, of course, which yeah. you also have. Yeah, and and the druid, yeah. um, he's, he's really really. It's just uh, definitely a. A case for when you're, you know, in a, a, a game where you've got a tactical group of people and like, oh, there's the caster. Take out the caster. <laughs> Ignore everyone else to take out that. Otherwise, we're all going to die. And uh, does, you do a great job of representing that. So represent to the casters everywhere. Well done. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's quite fun. Uh, you can use his uh, teleport ability to telefrag enemies. Um, yeah, yeah. And he's, his his basic projectile attack is really powerful so um yeah although he's a bit slower and he when he fires his projectile and he actually 
uh, pauses on the spot. He does, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we we kind of bounce that out with um, stronger stronger projectiles. He's got, yeah, to, he's but... got to pull that face, so you know. Just walk around <laughs> That's like it. That, you know. Yeah, well, you, yeah, you've got to give the player time to appreciate Hank's pixel art. Speaking yeah, of I'm which... really, I'm really happy with that animation. Actually, those animation from um, from the Druid, because it was really fun to draw all of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But speaking of which, I, I can't not ask you about this. And when I first started playing Battle X, the visual des- design really struck me. Um, and I, the way I'm describing it like this, please bear with me on this because knowing your history of working in that field at the time, but it feels like it appears to be based on what we remember 16 bit games to have looked like and played and sounded (laughs) like. They didn't. Oh no, no, they didn't. No, that's the funny thing. Is, I mean, it's uh, it's it's it's, uh, it's a little bit more elaborate the graphics than when you look at the 16-bit days. And it is. Um, well, the frames people... of animation would just grind yeah. the whole system to a halt. Like, what's happened? It's yeah. walked an inch. What's happened? Run out of memory. What? Yeah, can't yeah. do anymore. I'd, I'd, I'd say they're more 32-bit. Really, it really yeah. looks like a Saturn yeah. game or. It, yeah. or... Yeah, maybe even a Neo Geo game. Yeah, Uh, because the Metal Slug did that. Yeah, there's no flickering Hmm. and the scrolling is really smooth. And I just want to ask: Was this the approach? Was it that the philosophy was or approach was? Let's make a game that looked like that era that you remember it to be, but it wasn't. (laughs) Yeah, it should. It should have. It should be really fluid. If no, I mean, and the 60 Mm. FPS. Um. Pretty much a sucker for fluid art on my screen. Right. <laughs> so if this would have run in 30 FPS, then there's no reason for it, of course. But no, um, no. there were games that were actually chosen, especially in the Amiga days. It's just, it's just sluggish, and mm. well, your your art loses detail because of that. And yeah. that's, that's that's just too bad. Especially so was for this an a artist. conscious decision to sort of almost like I'm not saying correct that, but exploit the fact that you're using these phenomenally powerful machines now i mean yeah. they are ridiculous yeah to, um to the point where it's an often thing i say that you know you don't find a memory leak until about four hours in like why is it slowing down oh wait <laughs> because <laughs> because now the, the ram's finally been backed up because you've got so much to work with uh, it's a simplistic way of looking at it but we, we have these machines now to the point where you now just you can you have a really broad palette to work with to to, to say the least so yeah. it's, you just found yourself exploiting that? Yeah, I mean, in terms of, in terms of number of colors, I just never cross um, the, the, the 15-bit um, <laughs> boundaries, if you know what I mean, <laughs> in terms of well, how many colors? 4,096, mm. just like on the Amiga. It's just, yeah, yeah. That's, that's all you need. And when, yeah. you, when you stick to that, it also well, will look more like a retro game, if you know yeah. what I mean, from that era. Because it uses the same um, specs in a way. I think I think less I think less is more sometimes when it comes yeah. to yeah exactly yeah to game design you know um, you, but, yeah, I mean but, yeah we we made Xeno Crisis on the Mega Drive which mm-hmm. is a you know sixteen bit machine we've got um, palette of, well sixty four colors on screen you know yeah. uh, we've got a FM sound chip but with that you can still make a great game and yeah, uh, yeah I'm I'm still playing. Tetris, <laughs> that's a timeless <laughs> game. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, that's also. I, the thing. I, oh, sorry. Yeah. Go on, go on, no, go on, go on. And that's also the thing with pixel art. If done well, it's it's 
timeless, it will still mm. look good in a thousand years, if you know what I mean. If you look at, well, the classics, it still looks great. It doesn't yeah. matter if it's pixel art, it just looks amazing. Even Super Mario World for the, for the Super Nintendo still looks great nowadays. You can just pick it up and play it. Mm. Nobody will complain. It's just a great style. Yeah, and actually, yeah. actually, I've been playing that game with my daughter. We've been trying to speed run it in thirteen <laughs> minutes. So you know, going uh, just uh, talking about classic and yeah, simple. Well, I wouldn't say simple game design, but yeah, it's, that's an incredible game. Um, yeah. and it's yeah, it's timeless. Yeah, you, know, you could be playing it in a hundred years' time and yeah, still still enjoy it. I think. Well, you know, it worked with the Romans and mosaics. So why not? Why not? <laughs> 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 I had to do it. It's, you know, it's there. You know, it was kind of staring me in the face, going, "Say it, Chris. It's two thousand years, maybe more." Yeah, that works. So, um, and yeah. Anyway, last question. I know all good things must come to an end, but here we are. <laughs> Crowd control and exposure to risk are two key components of battle axe. I have found whilst playing it. What did you do in this design to advertise this fact to the player, if anything? To advertise it? To basically, like, explain, like, maybe you should, you know, herd this lot into a corner and just annihilate them and then make your way. And, <laughs> and that kind of thing. I mean, what what do you think you do? What, If anything, did you do in Battle Axe to subconsciously assist the player in understanding that maybe this is a nice bottleneck Maybe you should get out of this space before continuing on. Basically, encouraging them to think tactically all the time. What, what did you? What do you think you did in the design of, of Battle Axe to encourage that kind of thinking? Um, uh, yeah. Oh, go on, then. Go on. No, 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 no. I just wanted to say I think you did most of that fine tuning, uh, Mike, because of all of the, the gameplay bits and the way the um, the game plays. It's just. All on Mike's account, if you know what I mean. Just <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's not my fault, so we're asking. <laughs> no, no, no. You are right about crowd control. Yeah, it, you have to you have to keep looking ahead and seeing where the next safe spot is. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, basically, we did have a lot less enemies really. Um, yeah, but then we, yeah. we found that by upping the numbers considerably, it, it felt more fun and chaotic, but the player is still very powerful and able to escape from just about any situation. Um, mostly thanks to their, their special attack. So yeah, even if you get cornered, you should be able to use your special attack to get out there into a safe spot. And then you might have to then do some melee combat or projectile combat. And then you can probably, in that time, you, your uh, special ability should have recharged and you can uh, then use it again. Um, well, in, in, ter- in terms of the, uh, the enemies, it's also, also, also an old school approach in a way because uh, the orcs are pretty much the base enemies and they mm-hmm. reappear in, in every level actually, just upgraded to, uh, to well, they have the, the carrier sword or. Or anything else, so they get more powerful throughout the game. And next to that, other enemies are being added, and you can make lots of nice combinations of that. And that's mm. how the game is being built, actually, mm. isn't it, Mike? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's nothing massively sophisticated about it, you know. It's, no, it's just pure fun. 
yeah, that's yeah. it. It's it's, yeah. it's a traditional arcade game. Um, yeah, we it, it's not like uh, design wise, you know, it's not the kind of game that you need to put uh, too much <laughs> too much effort into. Um, you know, you can you can just throw enemies at the player, and I think as long as the combat is satisfying and rewarding, then yeah, that that's you've got the basic ingredients there for a, a fun game. I think. So it's emergent. This stuff what I'm describing is a kind emergent. of emergent. Yeah, I think a lot of yeah, that's a lot of our. I think all of our games are are really yeah. Um, okay. Okay. That's yeah. Really so subconscious effort. This is how. So where I've described it, my personal experience with it, that's just not designed that way. It wasn't the intention. It just happens to be that way because that's what it is, and that's the most effective. Well, one of the most effective ways to counter it is to well, counter the enemies is by think, thinking tactically and knowing where you are and when you're going to be as opposed to that kind of thing. Which is, you know, to, to, to be spatially aware, spatially aware at all time and where the threats are coming from. It sounds a bit clinical and cold, but that's, that's how... <laughs> it's the only way I can describe it, really. It doesn't, it doesn't yeah, detract right. from the experience. It's just, it's just what it is. Yeah. yeah, we're, yeah, we're really stuck to old school with everything, also with the controls. It, mm. I mean, it's, it's really like in the old days, you really have to steer in the direction if you want to attack there also. It's not yeah, a yeah. twin stick shooter. Like, oh, if you, well, some people might have expected a twin stick shooter, but it just wouldn't work in a game like Battle Axe because no, it's it three really sticks. based on an old school style. It's eight directions. There are eight, yeah. not... Yeah, it's just there's not... All of them. It's just you know only eight, and that, it sticks by that by right, very strictly, and that's very mm, interesting. Yeah. So battle axe. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Mike. <laughs> sorry, yeah, I mean that that's largely down to our retro roots as well. I think yeah, mm. after Xeno Crisis, we realised that retro is the way forward for us. <laughs> uh, so we we're very much designing games and in, in a similar mould with um, similar sensibilities. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was about to sign off. You know, as I said, but uh, it is uh, Battle Axe. It was developed by a Bitmap Bureau, which is a great name for a developer, by the way. <laughs> you like can thank the Bitmap Brothers for half of that. Yeah, yeah. half of that. But it's, it's nice. It's, you know, that was, Bitmap was and is a thing. So, you know. Um, and uh, I still think Xenon was overrated. Anyway, and published <laughs> by Numskull Games. Uh, it's out now. Uh, on the following platforms, I hope I get it right. As far as I know, it's Go Nintendo on. Switch. I know it's on that because I played it on that. Uh, PS4, uh-huh. yes. Yeah, yeah, and it works on PS5. Yeah, it does. I was about to ask is confirmed because I am one of the twelve people who own one of those. So, oh, lucky you! <laughs> yeah, should, you should turn race racing off. Oh, really? Yes, <laughs> totally, totally do that. Uh, I, I actually like the control for that machine. Anyway, um, Windows PC, right? Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah it's on yeah. Steam and Dog. Yeah, good old yeah. games. And uh, is it Mac OS and Linux or not? I can't remember. Uh, yeah, uh, through Steam and GOG again yeah, as well. Yeah. yeah, I have to make sure all platforms are covered. I have a Mac um, laptop PC because those uh, things can keep going even after. They're just really very robust machines, even if they are. Yeah, I'll, I'll give yeah. them that. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm not mad on their UI. No, the whole UI thing. But yeah, they they make good hardware. They do make good good, good <laughs> hardware. But, um, <laughs> Hank and and it's on um it's on Xbox as well. It is. I wasn't it I, is. I was hunting around thinking, can I say this? Can I say this? And I can't find <laughs> anything. I got into trouble once. 
So it turns out it is on Xbox and it's on yes. all of the Xboxes. Well, not uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, yep. it's, it's physical on Nintendo Switch and uh, PlayStation, and PlayStation 4, 4 only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably what confused mm-hmm. me. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hank and Mike, it's been fantastic having you on the show. Well, thanks, Chris. Chris for enjoyed having it. Us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> good. I'm glad you did. Um, you're more than welcome to come back. We've had a lot of return guests, as we were talking about in the virtual green room before we started recording. So, uh, yeah, w- whatever you talk, cook up and uh, awesome stuff up. Um, yeah, yeah, we, thanks. Means, yeah, we'd love to come back. Yeah, you, yeah it, absolutely. It, yeah. it does mean you don't have to answer most of the first questions, though. So, because <laughs> I just <laughs> refer to this episode. Uh, it's happened. It has happened. So it's a much shorter show, but it's fine. Um, anyway, but like I said, wish you the very, very best of luck with Battle Axe and uh, thank you very much for being on. Brilliant, thanks, Chris, and right. thanks for listening, everyone. Yes, thanks, Chris, and um, see you on the next game then, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> you have been listening to the Sausage Factory podcast, part of the Cane and Rinse Collective. Support us for just two US dollars per month at patreon.com forward slash Cane and Rinse for early, extended and exclusive podcasts. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube and at our website, canonrince.com.